What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Current Era Pod. I'm your host, Julian, and today I do have a pod from The Vault. Guys, um, Avatar The Last Airbender is one of the greatest shows ever created, and we are going to discuss it in its entirety on today's show. Well, actually, it will be part one today and part two on Monday. Guys, we had such a long um, and great conversation with Mondi and Mike. Appreciate those guys being on the pod. Um, it was just, it was a lot to bring at once. So I wanted to break it up into parts for you. Uh, in this first part, we're going to talk about all the great characters. And as you can imagine, Avatar the Last Airbender has so many great characters. In part two on Monday, we're going to get into the actual story, go through each book, talk about the best scenes and things of that nature. So be sure to tune in to part one and part two. Uh, really great conversation. And um, again, man, shout out to Mondi and Mike for being on the pod. You guys are always welcome. You guys are great on the pod. We had really great analysis, uh, really fun stories. We had a lot of laughs um, and just so much fun talking about one of the best shows of all time. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. Um, if you're new to the pod, please consider hitting that subscribe button. I do release content every uh, Friday and Monday. And um, I think that's it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to the episode. Water. Monday. Hey, yes, I am here. Jesus. Yeah. Let's Are do you? It. You do it? You do it? Yeah. Eric Carner podcast? Yeah, boy, Julian got the, the Kobe fur right now. Yes, sir. <laughs> Number eight. <laughs> uh, Mike. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 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 we popped it off like this. <laughs> okay. Um, this guy came from singing. I was just saying that. Must have heard that Todd Dallas song. All right. Okay. Oh, no, you just came from church. Never mind. Totally opposite. I haven't had a chance right. to listen to that yet, but I heard it was fire. It's trash. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Monty's music. Never mind. Anyway, what? Monty's guys, music, what? nothing. Uh, welcome, welcome to the Craner Podcast. I should guys. start my own music podcast. That'd okay, okay. yeah, right. do it, please. Dude, I would yeah. Do it. That too. Yeah, do it. Whoa, pause. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me hey, too. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm not that so fast. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. I'm gonna restart. Okay. 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 <laughs> all right. I'm cool. gonna cut all of that. <laughs> all right. Where am I? <laughs> Be fucking afraid. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, new episode of the Current Era Pod. Uh, Monty promises episode a few weeks ago, and uh, here he is delivering on his promise like he always does. Right, Monty? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited about this one. Oh, oh, are you? Okay, yeah. great. That's great. Okay. Uh, and we, we also have Mike on the pod. What's going on, man? You know, same old, same old. <laughs> reoccurring podcaster now. Yeah, yeah. yeah re- re- recurring, yeah, recurring guest. Yeah. Season two, you're, well, in, in season three, I should say, you're going to get bumped up to the main step. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> guys, uh, today we're talking about the two Avatar shows, uh, Avatar Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Um, Mondi has provided a very, very fun and lengthy run sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to try to get into everything, but obviously there's going to be some things that we just can't get into. Yeah. Um, however, we're going to do our best to uh, do the show justice, talk about the show, talk about the characters and the most important moments and all that good stuff. So, yes. uh, Mondi, all right, hand so over the reins, man. Let's do it. Thank you, sir. I just want to preface this by saying everybody at this table is very passionate about The Last Airbender. Um, Legend of Korra, Julian, to my understanding, you, you you saw it a long time ago. You haven't really got a chance to refresh. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it debuted. So, okay. like, I saw it when it debuted in yeah. its entirety, but I haven't seen it since. And I was 10 years ago, maybe. So, okay. Yeah. Was it that long? I think so. I think it was 2013. No, it was, it was in the 2013. Like Legend of Korra, I want to say, came out in 2013. 2011-ish, oh, 2010. Oh, okay. I, I think so. Okay. I could be wrong. I think so. Yeah, but, you know, they ran four seasons, so it went over. Right, yeah, years. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. But my, I'm in the same boat as you. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, well. Yeah, man, I just, yeah. I saw it recently for the first time on Netflix, and so it's kind of fresh in my brain. So. Oh, that was the first time seeing it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, okay. I watched season one back when, but it took a while for season two to come out. So. Yeah. Yeah, so um, 
it's pretty fresh in my brain. So when we get to that section, I'll, I'll try to refresh you guys. And we can just go along from there. But first, what we're going to get into is the series that popped it off, The Legend. Uh, in my 2012. Opinion, sorry, my bad. Okay. In my opinion, the best cartoon of all time. Um, wow. Okay. Avatar, The Last Airbender. Okay. Um, so first, we're, we're going to get into the characters. You know, I'm going to name list characters. You guys can just give your first impressions of them. You know, what, what do you think of these characters? What do they mean to you? Um, of course, we're going to pop it off with Aang himself, The Last Airbender. Um, you guys can just go. Well, for I mean, as a as a protagonist, what is he? You know? Yeah, I mean, like this 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 is like a loaded question because obviously one of the things about this show that makes it so great is like the character development. So I mean, mm-hmm. season one, Ang was extremely annoying in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, like he, he he was a stupid little kid, but he was also the kid that 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 didn't want to enact any type of violence. Uh, he took everything for a joke. He didn't take his role seriously as the Avatar. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he's what twelve. He's, he's twelve. Yeah. So I mean, sure. But uh, he was he he was a little annoying to get behind. Um, but going into season two or season three, when he started to get more serious about you know about about that real shit, when mm-hmm. he started turns to the Avatar state and all that, I mean, obviously it was much easier to like him. But starting off, um, he wasn't my favorite character by far. That's just my personal opinion of him. Sure, Mike. Yeah. Um, I'm going <laughs> to echo some of the things he said. Um, he was a child. I mean, he was 12 years old. Mm. And, you know, obviously being frozen and nice and everything, he wakes up. He's still 12. He still has that 12-year-old mentality, even though it's a new world. And he's thrown into this world. And they're like, hey, yo, like, we need you to get ready to throw these hands. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not fighting? What? Yeah. No. Why yeah. would I do that? I'm friends with people everywhere, including the Fire Nation. I'm sure we can just talk about this. And... You got to just also think about it coming from a 12-year-old's perspective. A 12-year-old's not ready to go fight in a war. Mm-hmm. You know, Very true, and, very true. You know, or, or fight to begin with, especially if they was raised to be monks. So you're peace-loving and it's all about, you know, going with the flow kind of deal. And so I can understand that. Um, but overall, you know, in the beginning, his character was slightly annoying. Um, that may be by design, but... Yeah, I, I loved his happy his happy and giddy nature mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So even though he was, you know, kind of annoying cause he didn't want to fight and everything. He was kind of soft because <laughs> he was a 12 year old, mm-hmm. but they kind of made up for it with the jokes and the clowning that he did. Cause he, that's all he was doing was clowning around. Yeah. And then, you know, throughout the series when he starts to develop better and he's more like, yo, this is all serious. And I'm really about that life now. I was like, okay, I can really get behind this guy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with both of you guys. I thought he was annoying in season one, too. But one of the things that separates Last Airbender for me from other shows is that the fact that it treats its storytelling like anime. So that the characters are not stagnant. They progress through the seasons. They change. So I, like you, I liked him a lot more as the seasons progress. So, yeah, yeah. I tend to echo those thoughts as well. Let's get into Katara. Um, Mike, you can go first this time. What are your thoughts on Katara? I thought she was a boss from day one, man. Uh, she was just more mature, hmm. and I think that's what it was. Yeah, the fact that she Sokka was her older brother, and yet she seemed to be more mature and had her life more together mentally than he did. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for Ang, and she kind of had like that motherly mentality, like that nature about her for sure, which kind of grew throughout the seasons as well. To where she was like the mama bear of the whole group, which Toph teased her about a lot. <laughs> yeah, but Toph needed it though. Yeah, exactly. So. She was like the mama bear of everything. And then, yo, she was a freaking prodigy. Oh, for sure. So that's another thing I enjoyed watching about her was like, yo, she was picking things up so fast as a waterbender with no master. Mm-hmm. Even when she kind of got jealous and Aang, but he's the avatar. So it's kind of built into him to be able to do that. Yeah. But I mean, 
I liked her character because it showed her character had so many layers to it Mm -hmm. from like the point of like from the beginning she's just this girl who's like you know i'm trying to learn water bending you know my dad's all fighting war my mom was killed um to growing up and being like you know i found my mom's killer blah 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 you know like we'll get into that later but there was so many layers to her character that i really enjoyed watching her progress not just as a bender but as a character herself okay totally agree Julie. yeah so katara for me was one of the most annoying characters in the show oh, um, really? i will be completely honest oh, wow. and i know everybody is going to say pump the brakes but i'm being honest now having said that katara has in my opinion a top two moment of the show it might be number one where she stops the rain that that oh, shit that, that shit, shit was, was just crazy. hard that like, shit was dope as fuck. like yeah. in in the entire series like in 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 cora that shit was hard. Mm-hmm. I love Katara for that. Uh, when she fucking learned bloodbending, I mean, come on. But I mean, it, again, if we're talking about if we're talking about my first impression of her, yeah, I didn't like her. Okay, she was annoying. Like she okay. was that she she was that annoying sister. Yeah. that tried to boss everybody around. That tried to do like she tried to do what what she thought was best when she wasn't the leader. Mm-hmm. I was like, hold on, you're you're number two, okay? Yeah. Like Aang, it's, it's called Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Like it's not Avatar: The Last uh, Katara. Stay in but, your place, woman. No, that's I, not it. I know. I know. I'm but just, anyway, Jesus, was, oh was, my god, I was paraphrasing what you were saying in a joking way, but that's not what I'm saying. Please y'all. don't cancel me, y'all. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, once once she cooled down and she realized that if, if she just listened to a fucking, ma- if she just listened to an actual water bending master, mm-hmm. like she could learn. I mean, and you know, yeah, she was she was a beast. I mean, I, I have no problem with her after like the first half of the first season, but initially. She was annoying. Yeah, I totally agree with everything. Kind of, well, not everything. I, I didn't think she was annoying, but I do definitely agree with Mike. She was a certain prodigy. Like, the, like the way she picked up water bending from struggling to form a damn bubble in the first episode to blood bending off the first try. Like, Aang lucked up in having a team avatar with Azentov, one of the strongest earthbenders ever. Katara, a water bending prodigy, and Zuko, of course, a fire Roy- foundation royalty. He really had like prodigies on his team. Like, mm-hmm. she's definitely a prodigy. Uh, moving on, let's go to Sokka, her older brother, the comic mm-hmm. relief of the, the show. The best character in the show. Oh, wow. Okay. Sokka is the best character in the uh, – <clears throat> drink cactus juice. <laughs> It'll thir- – it, I'm sorry. Uh, Sokka was my favorite character off-rip. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, when, when the show came out, I was, I don't know, 15 or 16. So, like, I was looking for the comedic element, and he drove it through every single scene he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Sokka, Sokka could fight. He was extremely smart, and, and especially in terms of battle plans. Um and his relationship with the, that he had with his dad was so touching. So I love Sokka. He's my favorite character on the show. Mike. Yeah, I completely agree. The man, he was awesome. <laughs> comedic re- like his comedic relief was awesome. I love this trusty boomerang. Yes, it never failed him. And even though, and here's the and here's the biggest thing. Sokka was the only person in the group that wasn't a bender, mm-hmm. and yet he could still hang. Sometimes, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, but he could hang. He could hang well enough. He wasn't like, he wasn't a complete liability. For sure, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. And he was that, the plan guy. Like that, yeah. that, that was his role. So yeah, yeah. like the he's man, the guy in the he's chair, a master planner. Even like when they hooked back up, like with his dad and everything, and he was the one giving the plan off and everything. Like he was a tactician, mm-hmm. you know. And he might not have been the strongest, but that made up for it. And then again, man, it was funny throughout yeah. the whole series. Yeah, I like I like Sokka a lot, a, lot, a lot too towards the end of the series. Um, unlike you, Julian, actually, I actually did not like Sokka. I had the adverse effects, so really? I thought he was super annoying. Wow, um, okay. Forced comedy, but I grew to love Sokka. Um, 
he like he definitely proved his value within the group. Um, a lot of those battles and invasions that he planned, you know, Team Avatar, Team Avatar would not have won without Sokka. For sure. And I think his character arc was basically him trying to prove to himself he belongs in this group. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the series, we definitely we, we find out he definitely does belong in the group. Yep. Um, so moving on, let's go to a lot of people's favorite, Toph. Um, Mike, you can pop it off this time. What are your thoughts on the, the Earthbender Toph? Bayfong. <laughs> um, I think my first impression of her was that she was a brat. Mm-hmm. She like, was for sure. She was a straight brat. Um, don't get me wrong. I oh, loved Ju- her. Ju- Julian making yeah. gestures over here. <laughs> I, I loved her after like the first two episodes that she was in. Mm-hmm. But like the first two episodes she was in, I was like, oh, this is a spoiled little brat that just goes off on her own to earth bend and blow <laughs> some steam. Yeah. That was, that was my impression of her. But then afterwards, you know, you get to see how she is. And I'm like, oh, she's awesome. It's, you know, until her and Katara had their little thing. And then I was like, Mm. <laughs> I don't know, guys. <laughs> yeah, Julian, how could you not love Toph? Like yeah. she, she, I mean, <laughs> Twinkle Toes. Yeah, like she, she has, she has nothing but swag. Yeah. Like her, her, her introduction as the the blind bandit. Like what? Like she's in a fucking wrestling ring with Earthbenders, which is so cool, by the way. Yeah, and because you love wrestling, right? Yes, of course. You're and in the wrestling community? and this is this is just a I'm in the wrestling community. Yeah, but this, this is just a little nugget, a little tidbit, Uh-oh. as Monty wants to say. Um, the the guy who did the voice for the Boulder is Mick Foley. Is you know obviously Mankind, Hardcore Legend, Cactus Jack. Anyway, seriously, yeah. Oh snap! Man. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And is the Boulder a play on the Rock? I'm assuming. Uh, it could be. I don't know. Okay. It could oh. just be the fact that they're Earthbenders. I I don't know. I didn't research all that, but uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, which that just it was just an absolute hilarious scene, and yeah, just to see how Toph literally learned Earthbending from the fucking like original Earthbenders, like yeah. So dope. She she's a beast, and then she invented fucking metal bending. Yeah, come on, bro. She's a, she's a beast. Yeah, I love Toph as as well. Um, you know, I love like I said, like th- this show is so good because of the character arcs, and like she's not a stagnant character. You find out she's just a rat, and she's all like badass, but then you find out there's layers behind that. She's doing that as a a veil because she's really you know insecure deep down inside. So. Like I said, just great writing. Toph is an amazing character and super badass. And her her blind jokes are always hilarious. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, her blind jokes always crack me up. So, yeah. Let's get into a lot of people's f- fan favorite as well. Um, I Zuko. think he has the best character development of all time in cartoons, Zuko. Okay. You go um, first then, Marty. Uh, um, sure. Okay. So, I, Zuko is, you know, the prince of the Fire Nation. Started off as a bad guy. Transitioned into a gray. You know, is he is he good? Is he bad? And then it finally ended up good. But... Like I said, I mean his his arc is just beautiful. Like it's episodes when he's like when he's standing at the top of the mountain and he's telling like he's like telling the lightning to strike me, like strike me. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just great storytelling. And Zuko just embodies, you know, not everything is black and white. You know, mm-hmm. and he was definitely subject to his the way he grew up. His father not liking, uh, you know, not loving him. Um, his sister being better than him at everything. Mm-hmm. Finding having to find his niche. Finding out Uncle Iroh is his true fatherly figure. Like everything is just great storytelling. I love Zuko. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike, what do you think about Zuko? I think yes, like you said, that is Zuko is the gold standard for all character development, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, he went through so much, like you said, from being the antagonist to being kind of like the gray area to being a good guy, and just all the turmoil and emotions within him. And they focus that on so many times in the episodes. Even like Iroh was telling him, like you're sick right now because your your chi is all screwed up because mm-hmm. you know you're going from i'm confused i'm trying to be doing this and i just did this you know and um you're right man it shows that there's not it it's not just black and white there's also red 
Mm, I like that. He goes about to say that too. No, yeah. it, it kind of reminds me of Star Wars. Like I look at the Anakin or Kylo Ren parallels with Zuko. Like, like, like I watched it recently. So even if you watch the first episode when he's you know the antagonist, he still you still see the glimpses of him being a good person. He's just trying to fight, overcome that. But Julian, what do you think about Zuko? Yeah, I mean Zuko. Um, I, I mean you know I, I I guess I can understand why he's people's like fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, oh, great voice acting too, by the way. Yeah, Dante Basco, who who voices Prince Zuko, mm-hmm. he did a uh, American Dragon Jake Long as well. Like he's mm-hmm. he's just a fantastic voice actor. I really love his voice. Um, and Fire Lord Ozai, who was voiced by Mark Hamill, obviously, really Luke Skywalker, wow, yeah, the Joker, that. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, first of all, like Nickelodeon did a great job of recruiting voice actors for this particular gig. But yeah, Prince Zuko and himself. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously his transition from book one to book three is is great but to me like the the stuff that he went through in book two was like just like really really great character building stuff from when when he like shunned away his uncle to where to when he welcomed him back but like his journey in between Mm -hmm. it was just great stuff man like really really great stuff i love zuko i agree um but let's get into his mentor, um, Uncle Iroh. I mean, how can you not love this guy? Leaves on the vine. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, what are your thoughts on Uncle Iroh? I mean, come on, man. He's yeah. every yeah. Like, I think no one just like dislikes Uncle. Yeah, Iroh, yeah, but. yeah. His his his. Uh, I I mean, I, I think if 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 I'm taking a personal tally, mm-hmm. he probably made me cry the most in the show. There were there there were a lot of moments in the series where I, I teared up, but like his his scene with his son at the tree where he's literally singing. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I was I was bawling. I'm just like, come on, bro. This shit's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, his voice actor actually passed away in season three, so they had to get a new one. But he he still did a great job. Anyway, yeah, Uncle Iroh is just the embodiment of good. I mean, he's fucking Dumbledore. Like he's he is Dumbledore. He is he is that nigga. Um, if you're talking about a firebending master that you don't want to fuck with, mm-hmm. like it's it's just incredible stuff, bro. Like <laughs> yeah, I think that's why he's so intriguing. The fact that he's so powerful, he's on the outside yeah. level. But if you but from the outside looking in, you'd never guess that. And like one of the things about him is that. He, he he knows how strong he is, but he doesn't like care. Yeah. So like, I, the, the, in in book three, when when or I think it was book two, when they were on a run or whatever, and and they were they were like waiting for a train, and Uncle Iro had that tea, and he's and Jet saw him. He did he oh, heat up yeah. his tea. Yeah. And Zuko got mad. He was like, "Man, my tea! Like, what the, what the, my <laughs> yeah. tea, bro! Yeah, all, he like, he, all he cares about is fucking tea." Yeah. When like they're literally fugitives, but yeah, I love Iro, man. He's great, great character. Mike. Yeah, that probably the most. Probably the most favorite character in the show. Really? Okay. He, he, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Might be. Walking mm-hmm. into the show, I feel like they don't really, they hint at it, but like Iroh honestly is like the most put together character in there off the rip. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not many, mm-hmm. there's okay. not many issues that he still has to work through at this time, except for, you know, some of the emotional things with, uh, with his know, son losing his son still. Yeah. But at that point, you know, you're introduced to him trying to be that father figure to Zuko, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, kind of like, I guess him trying to like redeem the, redeem the fact that he couldn't save his son on the battlefield while he was commanding him. For sure. Right. Um, and he's doing this, doing this for Zuko. Now his nephew, like, you know, I'm going to save you from what you shouldn't be doing. And, but I there's, there's real hand. love there. Like there there's so real, love. real love. Like it's, it's not just like, Oh, this is a favor. Like, Oh, like I feel obligated. Like there's real love between those two guys. Yeah. I, yeah. Ro- I ro- always saw the good in Zuko. He did. And it's, it's to the point, like um, when they were in the earth game and bossing say in Zuko found Appa and Ira busted in and he's like, all right, so what are you going to do now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you keep going through this same cycle. And this is the time he was like, I'm going to go ahead and talk to you about it. 
what are you going to do after taking out the avatars of bison? Yeah. Like, really, what's the plan here? You had the avatar when you're in the North Pole, and what was the plan? Nothing. You would have died if he didn't. His friends didn't save you. Mm-hmm. Like, he great really, scene. Great scene. He was really going into him out of love and telling him you have to. Something has to change because this really isn't who you are. Mm-hmm. You can do so much better. And then, I mean, like you said, the man was incredibly powerful. But you wouldn't really know it because he his character and his personality was so cheery and giddy. Mm. And then after rewatching it, it was something that I didn't pick up on until rewatching it. And when they said it, when they were in the season on uh, North Pole, and or it might have been before then, but uh, Admiral Zhao was talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, like I know you're the infamous person who's already who's been to the spirit world." This is before Korra opened up the spirit world. He was able to just walk in there, not yeah. being the avatar. Full, not full even, enlightenment. Right. Not even being like an airbender who were the people who usually are able to do things like that easier. He's a firebender. He was already fully enlightened before the see, the show started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those impressive things. And I was like, yo, this guy right here, there's so much there. And they just couldn't just unload it all on you at first. And you just start seeing it over time. And it's like, that's why he's a fan favorite. Yeah. I mean, but you, you like, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of like little nuggets like that. Like even, even when they were talking about like, uh, like when, when Zuko was captured in, in the, in the siege in the North and he, he was teaching him how to breathe to like stay warm. Like mm-hmm. wasn't nobody doing that shit. Yeah. Like when, when he was teaching him lightning or like he, he caught Azula's lightning yeah. and redirected that shit. Like yeah. wasn't nobody doing that. It was yeah. like, hold on. Like is, is this yeah. nigga God? Like <laughs> yeah. what the heck? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Iroh. Dragon of the West. Yes. Um, let's talk about Princess Azula. Um, she's, I'm, now she's, I have a question. Okay, what's up? Why is her fire blue? It was never explained. It, it was, well, it's, it's implied that, you know, because it's hotter. But yeah, but blue fire is the hottest fire. So, yeah, because it's, it's how did she, 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 how does she been hotter fire than anybody else? She's, she's known for being prodigy. a prodigy. So she's like, she's a prodigy that burns hydrogen instead of the oxygen in the air for the fire. Okay, well, they didn't overtly explain that. <laughs> <laughs> That's their fucking fault. Hey, Nickelodeon kids, yeah, she uh-huh. burns hydrogen instead of oxygen. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I need, I need that. <laughs> physics, guys, <laughs> physics. Yeah, yeah, definitely didn't pay attention to physics. Sorry, anyway, go ahead. Mike. I thought she was one of the more black and white characters. She didn't, I mean, she had like her progressions, but I mean, like in her, the end, yeah, like her father Ozai, she's just there for one purpose. She's the bad guy. You know, get over her, get over that hump of her, and then wait, that sounded weird. And then, <laughs> and then you win, you know. But I love Azula's character nonetheless. Great voice acting as well. Um, yeah, she, she was just dope as hell. Like she's a prodigy um, in her own. I mean, everybody knows like how far Azula is. So I mean, I don't really have much to say about her, but I do love her character. Um, Julian, what do you think? Yeah, uh, very similar. I mean, when it comes to to just being being a badass, like Azula is 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 the guy, and it's it's about time because usually they they reserve that for a male character, but in this show, it was a woman kicking everybody's ass. Like she yeah. killed Aang almost. Um, she whooped Zuko every time. <laughs> like she was she was a fucking boss. And yeah, I mean Azula was, and she and she had a whole crew. So yeah, Azula was great. I loved her. Oh yeah, she did kill Aang. Katara, Technically, Katara brought him back from the death. He he told, when, but yeah. he wasn't Aang, dead though. He, Aang, he wasn't dead. But Aang he, told he, her he that was he on died. the brink. He was on the brink. He he thought he died, but he was on the brink. He wasn't dead. I don't know. It look it looks kind of like the man died. I mean, but I don't think water healing can bring niggas back from the but dead. Was, exactly. That was, yeah, like, spirit, that was special spirit water. It though. was. It was. But <laughs> it was kind of like you know. On, no. Technically, you're dead. 
and no, someone can bring no. CPR and bring you back. So no, 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 no. no I no. fall in alignment with Julian's thought process. Like he's on the brink of death. Yeah. She, right, she Either died. way, if if, Azuka, if she didn't do anything, he would have died. Yes. If she didn't have that spirit water, he was done. Yeah, I agree. Azula, and you know, but she Azula, she didn't fucking abracadabra bring him from the dead. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I mean, Even Katara, she I don't think she god, can do that. Bro. She is the god water. In there. <laughs> I don't know, man. She is the water I, god. I don't but, know, um, man. I, the thing I like about Azula the most is when you're introduced to her, and it's in the courtyards in the Fire Nation temple, the uh, palace. And you know, them two old women are there sitting there teaching her whatever. The twins, yeah, there, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she's bending lightning, and she's such a perfectionist that when she shoots the lightning, you're like, oh man, that's great. And they're like, yo, one hair was out of place. Mm-hmm. And she gets frustrated and almost blows her stuff right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she that kind of perfectionalism. Is that a word? Perfectionalism? Oh well, it's gonna be a word today. I'll let it pass. It's gonna be a word today. <laughs> perfectionalism, perfectionist. Um, that level of being a perfectionist, she carried throughout the show, and it showed with all her planning and the way she was doing things and how she was with, you know, the handling of all right. We're gonna go capture little Zuzu in the Avatar and his crew, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, she was, but she she was great at what she what she was doing. Like, it's, it's not like she she was like getting her ass whooped. I mean, she just no, they yeah. couldn't hang with her in the third book. Yeah, book two, they could not hang with Azula. Yeah, they couldn't. Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was so dope when when she was the first firebender that we saw use her fire as like a rocket. Yeah, I, and I oh, thought yeah. that shit was just crazy when I first saw it. I remember like, man, what the old shit? It's like, welcome to upper life. He's like, <laughs> welcome to advanced firebending class, yeah. guys. Like, that shit was dope. Okay, these next two groups of characters, I'm going to group them together because, you know, they're kind of ins- insignificant not compared to the main characters. Um, so the first one is May and Ty Lee. Um, I'll, I'll go first. May, I think she's like the Batman of the show pretty much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think May is so dope, but she's like a ninja in her knives and you know that's just cool and ty lee is kind of kind of like a blank slate character to me like she's cool or whatever i, lo- I love the wow. way she can dispose of uh of benders though by touch like hitting their like the pressure points pressure points that's, that's pretty cool but her as a character like lightheaded like you know like nothing really sticks out to me but i like both of them um alongside azula what do you what are your thoughts mike on uh may and uh I kind of feel the same way. I think May basically kind of was like the Batman. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, literally. She comes from a rich family. Yeah, she comes from a rich family. She <laughs> was just like pulling daggers out of her sleeve and throwing them and running at the same time, like jumping and doing all this weird stuff there. You're just like, who the hell is this woman? And then Ty Lee, I wouldn't say a blank slate. She was kind of like the comedic relief for the evil side. I guess so, yeah. And that. also, because, I mean, even Azula kind of laughed at, you know, and chuckled about her with a couple things. Mm-hmm. But, at her ass. Yeah, basically, but I mean, she entertained Azula. I mean, it's mm-hmm. with the way Azula was introduced, you didn't think Azula could laugh unless <laughs> it was she like somebody's like pain, like cackling at somebody. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how does that broken leg feel? But um, yeah, like I liked, I liked Tally, and I liked the fact that, you know the pressure point thing that she was doing. Yeah. Even and it's with as giddy as she was and acrobat and she was just it was like they were dancing around like when she said it was Asako when they were in Earth Kingdom and he was trying to dodge her like no you're not getting me again and she's mm-hmm. like oh it's so like we're dancing yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I have like the exact opposite reactions to both of them like okay. like May like she didn't matter to me at all like she was Zuko's love interest and that was it mm. um, but Ty Lee like I, I really liked her because of the pressure point thing I was like this is awesome. Like fuck everybody up. Like yeah. there, ain't, there ain't gonna be no more shooting fire and light. No, bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just funny to me. Like niggas would be falling asleep. So I, I loved her. 
She no, was great. I mean, I love that aspect of her too. I'm talking about her personality, like her character, like her her abilities were dope. But I mean, I, she was a side character. It's like she was she was like a C rank character. So all that doesn't matter to me. Like okay, it, it, for me, like, yeah. it's just yeah. They yeah. both were C rank characters. Last duo of characters that we cannot forget. I would be remiss if I um, didn't say them. Oppo and Momo, the heart of the show, in my opinion. Um, Julian, what are your thoughts on Oppo and Oppo and Momo? So I mean, it's again, you know, just the the natural progression of the show. Like you, you find out like how important like those two animals really are to like the the air nation and airbending in general. But mm. I mean, Oppo and Momo as characters, especially Momo. So so fucking funny. The, the the episode when they were drinking a cactus juice and they started talking, I was just like, oh my god, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is hilarious. And Appa Appa and Anger inseparable. Like yeah. that 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 relationship is great. Um, in my opinion, the greatest scene of the show is when Ang is like, you muzzled Appa, and he fucking turned up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. it's on, baby. Avatar State instantly, yes, bro. I was like, yeah. it's fucking on. But um, and yeah, just seeing seeing Ang so heartbroken over not being able to find his friend, man, it was great stuff. I, I love I love Appa. I love I love them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Mike. Yeah. So, like, when I went back and rewatched, so all right, so, <laughs> so two things. I feel, mm, okay. So yes, they're very important to the Nair Nomads. Oh, uh, here we go. <clears throat> oh, I feel a hot take. <laughs> hot take. For me, coming. I could. For me, Momo didn't do anything for me in the show. He could have been out of there, and I wouldn't have cared. Mm. Um, Appa, on the other hand, I did feel for Appa. Appa, first off, Appa would fight with them. Mm-hmm. Like he he did fight with them sometimes, and he was their primary mode of transportation. And he'd seen he Aang raised him, Aang mm-hmm. raised him from a tiny little bi- flying bison cub. So I don't know, they what raised each other, it. yeah. They I raised each other. I don't know, what you, I don't know what you call it, a calf, I guess. I don't know because why does it matter, Mike? <laughs> I don't know, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Apple was Apple was Apple was very important to all of that, and I liked Apple. And then, like you said, with the whole muzzling thing, like when when they uh. When Appa was lost at first, and he was yelling, Aang was blaming Toph, even yeah. though Toph was like, Yo, I'm the, the reason that Y'all you're even die. got yeah. out of there is because I was holding that thing up. Yeah. But, um. Aang was like, bitch, I would have went down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aang was like, yo, I would have went Avatar State and busted us out, whatever. But, um, the way Aang was sounding when he was so heartbreaking over Appa, and he was going off on Toph. And then everyone else, because they were like, yo, we'll find him. He's like, no, y'all don't care. None of y'all care. None of y'all care about Appa. And for a split second, I was about to, I thought he was about to say, bro, y'all don't matter. All I care about is getting my bison back. Because <laughs> that's the way he was acting. It was like, bro, I don't care about none of y'all. I just want my bison. <laughs> I wish he would have said that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> All of y'all are trash. Just give me back my bison. <laughs> Okay, well, my thoughts on Momo. First of all, you disrespected the fuck out of Momo. Momo is the funniest character in the show over Sokka, over oh, Tylee. Okay, you're wrong. Momo has some mm. of the funniest moments in the fucking show. Uh, an example is when he was, the, um, the, the fire just thought he was bending, that he was like earth bending. Like, is this lemur bending? <laughs> like, that was crazy. Anyway, Momo is just too funny to me. Uh, and Appa, yeah, he's super important to the group. Um, he's their, you know, their primary mode of transportation. They wouldn't have not, they would not have gotten to where they've gotten. Yeah, as quickly as they gotten. Wow. This <laughs> <laughs> a cat analysis. This is a cat that had like fucking books some shit. Anyway, I was cool. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So <laughs> let's get into the first book here. Wait, wait, wait. We're talking about Fire Lord Ozai. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Last but not least, how could I not forget Fire Lord Ozai? The big bad. The big bad. Yeah. Dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, I, I, it's okay if I start us off, money. Yeah, go ahead, please. That, that analysis was fantastic, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Listen, Fire Lord Ozai. Um, 
you know, it, it's funny because we we barely saw him in the first season, the first two seasons. Yeah, like first two seasons, we kind of barely saw him, and then obviously he was extremely prominent in the final season. But I mean, Ozai is the typical overarching behind the scenes big bad, which I, I I love. Like I'm accustomed to it, so I, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, I, I know some people were like he was typical, but for me, like that that's fine in this type of show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was he was a badass. I mean, he, yeah, he was a dick. Yeah, he he fucking burned his son because of. What was it? Why did he burn into? <laughs> he, he, he spoke, spoke out of line. Spoke, spoke out of war meeting. Line. That's right. In that war meeting. That's right. Not and, even against yeah. his own dad, though. The the, the nigga won the throne so bad he uh, he like basically exiled his wife or killed her. We don't know. Um, so yeah, yeah. This yeah, he, he yeah, cold blooded, and uh, we'll see what happens. Really? No, I, I'm not talking about the the little comic shit. That that's not real. Sorry. Okay. Mike? I swear that was, they said that was canon. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> it was canon. <laughs> it no, was canon. It's um, not canon until okay. I see it on TV. <laughs> okay. But, um, As somebody who reads manga, like, what? How can you possibly uh, say okay. that? This isn't anime? It pretty much is, but go ahead. <clears throat> All right. So, Ozai. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Anime people. Like you said, uh, <laughs> um, kind of irrelevant for the first two seasons because you didn't see I mean, him. He's, he wasn't. He's, he's not irrelevant. Yeah, I wouldn't he, say he was he's irrelevant, not, but okay, he's just, so he's just he not in the forefront. But he wasn't the big baddie they were fighting yet. You knew that in the end in the end of the show that this was going to be the guy you had to beat. But mm. until then it was like, well, he's just out of sight, out of mind. Um, yeah, he was definitely cruel. Um, they didn't say that he did. They didn't show him doing it, but I feel like it was kind of hinted that he killed his own pops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was no, definitely. It, it, no, it did say that. They, they said that he, or, or maybe he coerced his wife into doing it, which is why she left. Yeah. Something along those lines. I did say that. He that might have been it. He poisoned it his might have been, Yeah, it might have been the wife doing it because, you know, she favored Zuko. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know. Well, I mean, well, no, I mean, like. Kill that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Like, Zulan said, look, if, I mean, look, Iroh lost his son. And you, you think shit sweet around here like you're going to take the throne. So, no, nigga, you're going to lose your son, too. Mm-hmm. And he had to act. But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Which, I mean, those, it's, it's a cruel way of thinking. But at the same time, <laughs> I was like, you know, well. I wouldn't have took the son. He don't really care about Zuko. Take the one that he cares about. But Azula, um, Azula. yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what would have hurt him. He wouldn't have cared if Zuko would have been killed. You know, like, oh, whatever. All right, cool. Just give me the throne. Yeah, like is, is that gonna happen in the end of this? Yeah, yeah. I, I I echo everything you guys say as well. Um, Ozai, you know, he's the big bad at the end, and I love that he lived up to his expectations. Like a lot of times in these shows, you you know, you hear about this guy he's about to be so badass, and then it gets to the point, you're like, okay, he was cool, but that final fight, even though he lost, like he. That dude is a bender. Like, that mm-hmm. dude was going crazy. Yes, he has Sosa's comment, you know, to Im- impact his uh, or increase his abilities, but you see why he's the Fire Lord. And yeah. He, uh, he should have been taken out by his own son, though. <clears throat> by Zuko? That, no, this is not Game of Thrones. No, the I'm Big not, Bad is I'm going talking, to fight. I'm, not, I'm just saying, in this, the, when they had it, because I obviously Ozai doesn't know anything about lightning directing because oh, Iroh developed the move. When they had the Day of Black Sun and Zuko popped up in there and was like, and decide to yell and have a conversation with his pop before saying, yeah, I'm about to take off now. Uh-huh. Ozai, when the firebending came back on, shot that Darth Sidious level elect- oh, lightning yeah, at Zuko, him. Zuko and Zuko caught it and was about to point it back at him. You saw the look on Ozai's yeah. face was like, oh, shit. Oh, I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm about to die. Yeah. And then Zuko was like, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. Because I think Zuko still... He was at still that, battling at that yeah, point. Yeah, he yeah. was still battling his his, his conflictions. Then yeah. at the same time, it's still your dad. I'm about to say, Even like, yeah. You have problems yeah. with him, you're not going to just be like, I'm going to straight up kill my father today. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, especially like his his entire first two seasons was bringing the Avatar to restore his honor in his father's eyes. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's not just been a killer nigga yet. Yeah, but he totally. Well, my thing was he, totally he had a chance. Oh, he, he had a chance. Could have. Could have been marked right there. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to stop the episode here today. Again, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Current Era Pod. Guys, part two is going to be on Monday. We're going to deep dive into the story, talk about our favorite moments, uh, talk about the most important moments. I mean, weird. This show ranks in terms of TV shows, period. Uh, We're going to continue to have a great conversation. Also, as you heard in this pod, we did have a conversation about The Legend of Korra as well that will be played for you at a later date. And uh, yeah, guys, really appreciate all the support. Really appreciate everybody clicking that uh, like button and uh, listening to the pod. Again, guys, if you're new, please hit the subscribe button. That really does help the pod grow. And uh, that's it, guys. I'll see you on Monday. Thank you.